Welcome to episode 665 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 6th of February 2020. Kia ora and happy Waitangi Day to all the Kiwi listeners. Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by startnewcompany.com.au. Register your company fast, easy and direct with ASIC. All documentation is provided and held in your account for downloading at any time. If you're an accountant or other professional, you're also able to brand all documents with your company name. Coming soon, ABN, TFN and Trusts. Special discount for ATH listeners. At the cart, use ATH20 for a $20 discount. And ATHwebhosting.com.au. Servers operate on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and easy install of WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and I'm joined this week by Will Tompkinson. How are you doing? Hey, mate. How are you? Good. Oh, Drupal, man. huh? Drupal. I think that's the first time I've said that. Drupal. That's because you <laughs> spelled it wrong. It's always been Drupal. droopy dog Ever ever since um, Glenn said that he had somebody who was reading out stuff one time and said Drew Powell, and ever since then it's been like WordPress Joomla and Drew Powell. That, that sounds better. I need to rename it. That's what it should be called for now. Drew Powell. Drew Powell. Drew PayPal. <laughs> lawsuit. Lawsuit. Hi to all the Kiwis. <laughs> yes, it's that time of year and everyone gets out the hungies. Oh, I love hungies. They are so yummy. <laughs> It's, I don't know why it works Done. so well. Parky, how are you? Let's get a hold. Come over and get our hungies. Mm. At least I'm half Kiwi. What's your excuse? I know a lot of Kiwis. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about the fruit here, you understand. No, I used to live near Anala, and it's a big Kiwi community there. And we actually, there's a, there was actually a Pacific Islander general store. And yep. they had um, hungi. You could go in and order it for like a lunch menu. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, 8 or $9, but it was a massive, you know, like the really big China, well, yeah, like you're going to get like a family thing from the deli or whatever. Yeah. It was one of those for like 8 bucks. You could hardly eat it. It was brilliant. you got to go back again, man. I used to go there all the time. Apparently, they're still there. <laughs> I, they, I just don't live over that way anymore. Oh, all right. But there's a, our local uh, Drake's does i can't think of the name of the brand but there's a new zealand brand of pies yep and they do the normal pies and they do you know steak and kidney and whatever and they do um some they do a fish pie yep and they do a hungy pie oh wow <laughs> and it is so yummy <laughs> i have to try that next time i'm up that way they're really good you have to show me to these places <laughs> of wonder and amazement what, and the taste bud delight the supermarket <laughs> Bing. We have the machine that uh, goes bing. Why do we have that? I don't know. <laughs> How things been going anyway? A little bit cooler, a little bit cooler. And we had some wet stuff coming out of the sky all over the place. It's I saw crazy. this thing coming out of the sky. Yeah, it was... Um, We've had a lot of rain the last couple of days. Uh, Monday was just atrocious heat-wise. Like the humidity and the heat was just... You, you would move and you'd be exhausted. You'd move three foot and you're done, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then it it's um, the obviously cooled down a bit in the last couple of days. We've actually had a decent amount of rain. Like it's actually squishy outside now. Yeah, we're so, going back to about level two water restrictions instead of four and a bit, which we were heading. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of places. Well, there's a lot of places that gave up on water restrictions. They just didn't have any water at all to restrict. Yep. Yeah. So there's um, 
you know, there's been a bit of that, but the the lo- Brisbane's been having localized flooding today. It <laughs> so can't win. It's one extreme or the other, isn't it? Fires and drought. Can't just pick somewhere in the middle, son. Welcome to Queensland. <laughs> oh, it's nuts, man. but yeah, no. My boy broke his arm yesterday, so that oh, was fun. No. So he's in a cast and playground. Uh, we don't really know. He fell over three times in fairly close succession. We don't know which one of uh, them was the the culprit. Science experiment. <laughs> That's the way you find out. You try yeah. it and see what happens. Pretty much. Um, Science. It was a bit like that, but it was odd. Yeah, we don't know which one of those actually. Um, it. So I'm just trying to find a picture of it here. So let's see if I can find one quickly. Yep. Yeah, we don't know which one it was that actually caused it, but um, oh, that's interesting. It's decided that it doesn't. The little Mister T. Wanna, Hello up what? there. What's, what are you doing up there in the top corner? Why has that screen capture decided to not be a screen capture anymore? Because we're doing it live for once. We haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. That'd be why. Streaming in all the places, and so something's got to break. We are, yeah. We're streaming on on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, and hopefully it'll be a regular occurrence now because got it all set up. And it's, you can chat in the Discords too. Yeah, Discord. We I set up an Aussie uh, Aussie Techhead Discord channel. And you said so. something in Twitter too, didn't you? Uh, trying to get yeah, I I got to get Glenn to do that. He's got to add me as a admin to Twitter so I can do that. But yeah. Um. So it's all happening. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out why it's not seeing. Why it's so not. There's probably being... other stuff you want to capture later on during the show, right? Yeah, it'd, it'd be handy. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things that you usually assume is going to work because it worked when I tested it last night. <laughs> and I have. You know what happens when you <laughs> assume? <laughs> yes, it doesn't work anymore. That's right. <laughs> um. So the screen will probably go black for a minute, but I'm sure you can survive. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I don't. Uh, so he did that, and then so he just got over having the flu and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, then he decided to break his arm. So did they have to cast all, it. Um, yeah, it's actually it is in a cast at the moment. Um, Bet that'd be in the way. Well, it's a, like a three-quarter cast sort of thing. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Look at so, that poor fella there. He's not happy. Yeah, so he's it's got like a it's not like a 100% wrap around but it's it's pretty close. Wouldn't you I thought you would have done a 3D printed one. <laughs> make a, a cast protector for it. Yeah. Well, well they make a, the whole cast now with the lattice type style. So yeah. you can your skin doesn't sweat or anything. It's in a lattice style but it holds your arm stiff. I've seen that. Yeah, um, I remember when I broke my arm, I had a. Um, sorry, I'm just setting it up now because on all three captures, apparently, it's forgotten how to do it. <laughs> um, I remember when I broke my arm, I had to do a. I had a fiberglass cast. Oh, so that's where he gets it from. I, I was now I beat him by like two years. Uh, hey, that's not nice. Don't beat your kids. <laughs> I um, I think I was. Oh, sorry, he beat me by like two years. He's he's just gone four. I think I was six when I did my arm the first time. So. Had to do that. <laughs> Uh, the first time I fell off a slippery slide. Ah, uh, the bottom of a slippery so slide. You know, going. The part that's right at the bottom when you finished and you're sitting on yeah. the bit at the bottom that's this far above the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I fell off that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> and the second time I broke my arm, roller skating. Oh no! I actually rebroke the same break. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was 12 months later. We went roller skating and I went from the transition from the roller skating rink onto the carpet and they had those <laughs> little strip things. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I just went backwards and compression fractured and, yeah, re- re-broke the same brake. So that was fun. <laughs> I haven't um, actually broken any of my bones anywhere. My sister did, though. She broke her arm. It's quite funny now because um, the the road that goes past my house is the one we used to go down on the way to primary school every day on our push bikes. Uh-huh. Dad's up dad's up the top of the hill and i didn't know that i'd be buying a house that we've ridden past on our push bikes and seen nearly every day of our lives i ended up buying a house there but i think it was straight across the road from where i am actually where she did it and um what i used to do is when we go because you're going down the hill having fun so i'd go up into people's driveway just a little bit and then jump off the gutter and then back onto the road and then jump off the next gutter and do all the way down so she's like i can do that too here we go Whoop. oh crash <laughs> ow, ow, ow 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 quick let's get back home broken yep. arm <laughs> that sounds about right no uh, copy your brother not if you can't do it no nope. <laughs> uh, yeah no we oh, you, the, the things you do as a kid and get away with you know and then you do something that shouldn't be a problem and that kills you <laughs> it's like yes you know. now my age is like why do I do that? My back. Oh, my back. Oh, 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 that's not good. <laughs> no, that's it. And it uh, looks like I just twisted a little bit sideways when I went to pick up. No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's so we... Osmo has just joined us in uh, YouTube because I know he Hello, watches chaps. our YouTube video because he said so. One of the people who left us feedback, which was cool. Jolly good show. What? <laughs> Hello. So. Why is shine? We should probably give him some news to listen to. Oh, uh, I suppose it's about we've been we've been going for like you know ten minutes already, so that's about right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're live again, Osmo. Live again. To have you aboard. We're Tell real, your friends. We're real people. Click that friends. like button. Hit that notification bell. Smash Mr. that subscribe. Out of focus. Wait, come back. Uh, back to us. There he is. You went a bit blurry there um, for a second. No, that was actually just me. I was, I was getting excited. I was vibrating really fast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of his Linux thoughts? Uh, do yeah, I was, to I was. Yeah, I'll get to that later. <laughs> Alrighty, time for news. Warning, warning! If you use Google Takeout to download an archive of your Google Photo content, there's a chance someone else may have ended up with your videos. So, I hope you haven't got any of those naked selfies or anything worse than that on your Google Photos, because it's out there and probably end up on that Pornhub thing soon. The company admitted that for a few days in November last year, some videos in Google Photos were exported to unrelated users' archives. This means that not only could your videos have ended up on a stranger's computer, but also that you may have received random videos belonging to someone else. Google is not making much of the technical issue, which it says has now been resolved. But the company apologizes for the inconvenience that may have been caused for people downloading their Google Photos archive between November 21 and 25, 2019. In a statement given by Google, the company says the problem affected less than 0.01% of users. Now, if you Google with the number of users you have, yeah. 0.01 <laughs> sounds tiny, but, but, but that's if you're 
Aussie tech heads listener, if you're Google, there's probably thousands and thousands of people. Oh, and then some. We're notifying people about a bug that may have affected users who use Google Takeout to export their Google Photos content. These users may have received either an incomplete archive or videos, but not photos. That would not, they, I think photos would have been better Google series. <laughs> videos, uh, we fixed the underlying issue and have conducted an in-depth analysis to help prevent this from ever happening again. We are very, very sorry and stuff. I just like the fact that there's a thing in there saying that, um, unfortunately, uh, John Ivanhoe was tweeting this and he's like, to be clear, it's a big screw up. I hope the number of affected parties is small. And I just said, like, you, it's, it's not a small number. But then when Google's media department was asked for clarification, he was told, unfortunately, we're not able to provide a full list of impacted videos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant when he asked for clarification. He didn't want you to prove that you'd done it. <laughs> he wanted Man. to know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then the next line is, because the videos are now stored on other people's computers, there's no obvious way of getting them back. <laughs> well, that's what the cloud is. It's really just other people's well, computers. I mean, but it's, it's supposed to be your secure spot yeah. on other people's computers. Yeah, that's right. It's, you know, you, they just missed a step. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's Google. They're so big, it's okay to make a little mistake. Do we know? Every I mean, now and then. Well, I guess you could work out how many YouTube channels there are. I'll give you a rough idea. How many Google um, subscribers? I guess. Let's see what it comes up with. Uh, they're probably not going to. Well, how many Gmail addresses would do it? Let's just say you should be happy to hear this. YouTube ads generated $15 billion in revenue last year alone. Yeah, they do. Nobody else got it. Nope. There's about one and, half, one and a half active, one and a half billion active Gmail address. How, I don't know. What's a billion? Nine zeros, isn't it? So, so point zero one. So put, yeah. You take off a couple of those zeros there. <laughs> yeah. So it's still, what, 90, 900 million users or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Whatever it is. That's bloody ridiculous. No, not 90. No, hang on. Point. Uh, no. What are we saying? Anything over nine is going to be a bad number, Mr. T. One, one, and a half, one and a half billion. So, yeah, one. Yeah, so it's going to be, what, 150 million or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 a couple. Too much. That's too much. That's a couple. But um, we know what kind of things people take their personal photos and videos of. We just won't go there, <laughs> which I already did anyway. Selfies. <laughs> <laughs> so something that um, that uh, we're well as podcasters we're so, somewhat interested in. Um, best video conferencing services. They tested Zoom, WebEx, AnyMeeting, Slack, and a couple others. Now, we Slack use Zoom. I didn't even know Slack does video. Apparently. It's the first I heard of it. <laughs> so we wow. use Zoom, which is is Great. free. Um, f- but if you have more than two people, it times out after like 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. And then it's it's relatively cheap. Uh, the uh, Aussie Tech Heads as a whole, we have a um, one subscription that we... Because we don't broadcast at the same time, we can get away with. Um, but after a successful IPO in 2019, Zoom solidified its status as one of the leaders in the video conferencing industry. 
It's conferencing software allows simple one-on-one -on -one chat sessions that can escalate into group calls, training sessions, and webinars for internal and external audiences, global video meetings with up to 1,000 participants, and as many as 49 HD videos on screen simultaneously. Um, <coughs> and you know what the good thing about Zoom is above all the others? It works. <laughs> it works. It has good video. Right? It has good audio. It broadcasts by default in widescreen. Um, yeah, we learned that switching from that other thing and then suddenly Jason's like, phew, out here. Yeah. Um, and it, you can use direct, you can send somebody a web link and they can start it straight from a browser or you can actually install the app, which is what I have for you. I have you on the actual app because um, mm -hmm. it does full screen nicer and does a couple other things a little bit nicer. Um, you know, and the the free tier allows unlimited one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings and then limit group session to 40 minutes and 100 participants. But it's 15 bucks a month for the basic one and, you know, it, it's pretty decent. Yeah, uh, there's one called uh, Blue Jeans. Now, right. I had actually tried to get this to work as a free trial when we were testing different things to use and I had no success at all making this work. I couldn't even get it to see my cameras yeah. um, which to, to be fair something you may need to be wary of if you're using um, a broadcasting software like I'm using OBS or there's uh, Wirecast or VidBlaster or there's a, there's a few of them uh, OBS is probably the best in terms of it's free, it's powerful it's it's lightweight, it does what it's supposed to do it's supported well uh, it's supported well but some of these they either don't work in a particular browser or they don't work with a particular broadcast package. So finding one that works for you may be a little bit tricky. Uh, another reason we stuck with Zoom, because it just works, seems to work with absolutely everything you throw at it. Uh, yeah, I got sick of having to start up different browsers just to be able to capture stuff. Mm. Like, is it working there? No, black screen. Okay, how about that? No, all right, I'll install. Op okay, it's working with Opera, but I've got other stuff in other browsers. That's so. it. Ah. Um. Billing itself as a meeting platform for the modern workplace, Blue Jeans is a video conferencing solution that focuses on instant connections. Um, so it's it's the same sort of thing. Uh, it's a little different insofar as though they um, they're dearer. Their basic package is twenty bucks a month, and I think the basic package is like times out after an hour or something like that. Like it yeah. it it has a, a limit or something. I can't remember. There's something weird about the way their packages are set up. Um, Forget that then. And, Next. Oh, that's right. The other thing is they'll build annually. So they charge... They had a monthly plan, but it was built annually. So as far as I'm concerned, that's called an annual plan. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Microsoft Teams. Now, yes. I know Ooh. a lot of corporations that use it. I have set them up for a couple of companies. And the reason they use it is it supports... Or Office 365 Live, obviously, because it's Microsoft, so you can share that sort of stuff straight away. The other thing it does is Microsoft actually have a really good conference camera. They have two. The original one was a camera on a gimbal, and it could actually turn, and you could talk to somebody directly and point the camera at them. And the new one they have is actually a 360 camera, so you can uh. sit around a table, and it supports that, and it breaks... It, you can either see it as like one panoramic picture or it actually breaks the up and identifies each person who's sitting there and puts them all into their own separate window. So nice. you only need one tricky. camera and you can have like 20 people sitting around that one camera and it recognizes all of them. Um, so it's pretty cool. Go to meeting. 
it's fallen out of favour, I think, with Log Me In. Like, yeah. it's just getting too expensive for what it is. It's Citrix. Um, originally started off as Citrix, originally. Um, well, they helped develop it. But, don't know, just haven't been a fan. It seems, GoToMeeting recently seems to be very bloated. Um, even for their desktop sharing stuff, I've gone away from them recently. I just, I just haven't been yeah. a big fan of them. Uh, Zoho Meeting. Um, I what? think this was another one that we tried and could not get to work with uh, OBS Broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, it is a Mac-based one, um, or with PC and Mac, but it, like the actual app part of it, it's not a browser-based. It actually requires a, a program, uh, which can be can be a good thing because it's dedicated. It can be a downfall because you've got to get somebody to install a program. Cisco, uh, Webex. Um, it's been around forever. Oh, it's been around, yeah, since 95. Um, wow. Yeah. Though I started the that technology in 95 was acquired but became Cisco in 2007 um, the one thing I could not get it to do I, it worked perfectly fine I had no problems with it the free version supports up to three people as well the problem I could not get it to work with I could not get it to go widescreen because it said our internet wasn't fast enough no matter what we did <laughs> so that was annoying um, well obviously it is because we got widescreen right now right yeah so, join me um, is an offshoot of the log me in. It's a collab one, so it's like a free. Anybody can go to that link and join in your your conversation. Uh, so it's not really locked down in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Google Hangouts used to be the creme de la creme. It was fantastic, and then. All went to crap. We've tried it several times since, and it either doesn't work in Chrome, ironically, or it doesn't support OBS, or it doesn't support the microphone, or it, it, it crashes after five minutes, or the audio goes screwy, or the video messes up. All of the above. Just lately, it has not been fun. Um, Intermedia is a commercial grade one designed, for, it's like a video version of a PBX system. Um, Slack. Uh, which I wasn't aware worked on Windows. I thought Slack only... Oh, it works under Chrome now. Well, there you go. It yeah, used to only be a Linux space. From a Slack web from a Chrome browser. Uh, Firefox browser. Yeah, it works with Chrome now, apparently. Uh, actually, Chrome's the only supported browser it works with now. Um, well, I'm on there every day. I just go to the um, domain dot a. Um, Slack.com, log in, and I'm talking to people in my Firefox browser. Mm, it's well, not an extension, it's just a website. According to them, to, the, to their own review, it only works under Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever. Oh, well, I guess I've just been imagining it. I'll have to get off those drugs. You know what it is? You've got compatibility mode set to Chrome, don't you? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> no doubt. Osmo says there was a... Um, update from microsoft for windows because uh one of the patches they brought out stopped windows from booting up the only way to fix it was to reinstall the os they also had a patch from a couple of weeks ago which was to fix a security hole and then that one that broke. created that one broke <laughs> backgrounds on some computers it would come up blank with just a black screen instead of having the person's background and people were a bit upset they didn't have their little boy or they're really in the country, so we got a bit cranky. So Microsoft rolled out a quick patch for that. And now this is a bit ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, how they won't have to reinstall the operating system just to fix your computer. How can you stop a boot? Like, how far into the operating system is this file digging? <laughs> Must be one of the first things that happened. You know, like, it's just... It's, it's autoexec.bat, isn't it? Yeah. They broke autoexec.bat finally after all these years. Config.sys. <laughs> They're trying to load the wrong CD-ROM driver. Don't swear at me. <laughs> Creative Labs CD-ROM Sound Blaster. Auto, auto exec dot bat do loop end. Yeah. <laughs> was... You forgot smoke.exe. Uh, yeah, there was... I used to do... Remember, you just do a... Uh, what is it? Formatting hard drive, and you just tab it across every line that you created it, so it just yeah. scroll diagonally across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody oh, on uh, somebody, I follow a lot of retro computing people on Twitter now. Mostly communicate with them. That's all I do on Twitter these days. And uh, this girl on there is like, "Yeah, sex is great and all, but have you ever managed to get 600 kilobytes free from uh, emm.386.6? <laughs> wow, that's amazing." <laughs> uh, yeah, you had to load hiemm.sys. Yeah, <laughs> that'd do it. That freed up your six forty k because it pushed everything up into RAM instead of ROM. <laughs> and then used uh, Terminate and Stay Resident TSRs. programs. Do you remember them? Good wow. old yeah. That's what I actually used to like extra gold for that. It was brilliant because you could yes. you could do all that stuff at a command level. It was really nice for that. I sort set of thing. that up on my cousin's computer. Just extra gold as a. It was a great for launching, just launching yeah. stuff, oh, even yeah. if you didn't use it to copy. And you could you just use you it could for set a custom, a custom uh, screen up in X3 Gold, so you could actually have it as a games launcher. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's all I set it up for. Yep, that's what I did with it. And then when 95 <laughs> came out, because 95 still ran under DOS, and I had my Pentium, um, no, my my Cyrix 586 DX1. 66 or whatever it was um yep. couldn't handle playing games under 95 but it could handle 95 and it could handle games since not together so you could yep. still go in, in the old days and set the auto accept and stop windows 95 from booting at the dos prompt so it still loaded your auto accept and the config then it'd drop you to a you could put a games menu in or you could go straight yep. to dos so <laughs> mine would boot up and then it'd have about five or six games then it'd have windows then dos <laughs> yeah, and everybody used to think that the was base. the coolest thing you could ever do. <laughs> and then you had to go to extra bold. That was the Windows ninety five version, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's that's that handled sixteen bit character lengths. That one did. Memories, <laughs> like the corners. Of you know, when you could actually use like more than eight character letters for a file name. <laughs> uh, P R O G tilde one. Yeah, oh yeah. I used to hate that because Windows, you're trying to back up your Windows 95 and you'd go copy to, you know, this other hard drive, but you're not yep. thinking instead of using xcopy32, you just use xcopy, so it didn't support long file names. So on the new hard drive, it had prog tilde one, prog tilde two, you're like, no, <laughs> no. seven Start. hours I've waited for that to happen. Delete the whole <laughs> the lot. Format. Start away. again. Uh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Been there, done <laughs> Due to US government ban on sales to Huawei, Google revoked its license for popular apps last spring, including Gmail and the Play Store. But this week, Huawei executive Fred Wangfei 
suggested that even if the bean is listed, Huawei would continue to develop its own app ecosystem instead to avoid the possibility of future political complications. Android authorities suggest Huawei should. Maybe it's time for Huawei to go all in on Harmony OS and do what it can to bring a viable alternative to Android and iOS. If there's any company today that has financial resources and raw talent necessary to bring in a viable third choice for smartphone operating systems, it's Huawei. Sure, it would be a long-term investment and there would be inevitably short-term losses as the company tries to find its footing and develop Harmony OS to have its own identity, but it would prevent something like Huawei ban from happening to the company again, as well as further the company's ambitions as not only smartphone manufacturer, but also as a technology creator. Huawei would have major difficulties in encouraging wide adoption of Harmony OS for one major reason. It's Huawei. The ban exists because the United States government doesn't trust them and there are numerous yet unproven accusations against the company related to espionage, IP theft, fraud, and even violations of international treaties. Huawei is already in a bad situation. If it's going to need to dig itself out of the hole it's in regardless, why not use this opportunity to turn lemons into lemonade and develop Harmony OS as a viable third option on the way? Maybe the industry needs a shake-up. Maybe a new operating system is just the kind of fire OEMs need to turn the market around. Maybe a real potent threat that billions of people who use Android and iOS might just jump ship to something else would scare companies into taking some real risks. As earlier, there aren't many, too many companies out there right, right now that could do this, but Huawei could. And a further article I found, market research firms Canalys and Counterpoint Research have posted their 2019 global smartphone market share reports. Both reports say the biggest mover is Huawei, which thanks to a whopping 16 to 17% annual growth, claimed the number two smartphone vendor spot in 2019 behind Samsung and ahead of Apple. Both firms have similar global market share numbers for 2019 with Samsung around 20%, Huawei at 16%, Apple at 13%, and Xiaomi and Oppo around 8% each. Counterpoint credits Huawei's success in its hometown of China for its success, saying this was the result of an aggressive push from Huawei into the Chinese market, where it achieved almost 40% market share. According to the firm, China makes up 60% of Huawei's shipments. Yeah, well, it's just interesting. I was just reading an article saying Australia, uh, Huawei's Australia regional manager has reportedly uh, indicated that OEM, um, OEM phones will use its own in-house version uh, of the mobile services going forward, never returning the use of the Play Store and never using yeah. um, Android. Yeah, so and apparently they're putting out a bunch of money for try and coax developers to do Harmony OS apps. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just saying, there's a story up here. They're um, engaging in global developers to build apps for them. Yeah. Um, so I really don't see how they're going to... You got to, oh, <laughs> by the way, there's a way to get around this. You refresh the page, and then just yeah. as it loads, you click stop, uh. which I didn't because I didn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, and it doesn't... See, you click stop, and then it doesn't know that you've got ad block. Um <laughs> Which I normally turn off. I've just forgotten and I ain't doing it now because every page I've got open will suddenly decide to autoplay. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so I can't really see them going back, honestly. Um, they don't need to. They've got this far. In, I mean, they were already starting to develop their own um, their own software oh, anyway. 
I would like to see something different from Apple and iOS. Uh, and yeah, it's all well, getting a bit samey. I mean, they get the people like, oh, we've leaked out the Galaxy S twenty. Yeah, it, it looks and operates pretty much the same way as the last three. I mean, if like, you look at some of these, um, some of these screenshots here, these are some of the the Harmony um, apps. Yeah, like the layouts and feel and look like this isn't Google. This is all their own stuff. Oh, all right. And they're using the the full face phones, obviously, with the you yeah. know the only earpieces, the only part cut out. But yeah, so they have. I mean, it's it's you know it, the HMS is made of fourteen services, nine cores, and five growth services. They involve an account which opens the door to the in-app payment system, message push, and other functionality. Um, scan kit which supports 13 1 and 2 dimensional barcodes oh <laughs> um, NFC you know all this stuff so developers are able to integrate into their own SDK that'll replace the Google SDK nice. so they're, they're, they're coming along with it to the point where I, I really don't see them not doing it you know yeah um, it doesn't make sense for them to now Go, oh, yeah, no worries. We'll go back to you, Google. Like, that just doesn't, yeah, <laughs> doesn't make sense anymore. Like, they're so far along. And, and I mean, realistically, I think if you look, think back to when Google launched Android, it was only ever a, a platform to build upon. They never really intended Android to be the be all and end all of that design that they encourage people to build on it and to expand on it which is why you know um samsung bought out their own design for it and why htc bought out their own design for it and you know because it was really only ever designed as a an entry platform that you built upon for your own devices yep. but then it didn't it became its own thing um which i don't think it its original intention wasn't that so Imagine if um, Oppo and Xiaomi picked up the Harmony OS from Huawei. That'd just go crazy. Well, Xiaomi had, before they put Android on their devices, which they've only been doing for a couple of years, prior to that they had their own... I say their own. It kind of reminded me of the... Um, it's kind of a cross between a BlackBerry and a Nokia interface thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's cross-motionated sort of deal um it was fine it wasn't very refined it was perfectly functional it was very very lightweight yep. uh which really is what you want but they've, they've recently started doing obviously high-end phones so um that's that's sort of osmo the samsung's of can do it it's got built-in decks you can plug in a keyboard and a mouse and it boots up the yeah Linux pretty much anything new from the last two or three years can do that and some of them even older um it's it's not not that un, uncommon. i just plugged my phone into my mac today to see how fast it would charge through the cable and it pops up hi would you like to launch dex now you can just do everything <laughs> through no no yeah. i'm just using the charging thing right. i mean even settle long... down there samsung you don't have to specify that you want to launch text just because i plug a cable in the computer every time <laughs> there's actually an app i run i'm just trying if i can quickly find it um and it actually does two things i can use my phone screen as a remote screen over wi-fi 
Yep. So if I've got a tablet or a phone and I, w- I want to put it over there and just have a video or something on it or whatever or use it as reference, I can do that. And at the same time, there's another one that lets me use um, it as a remote keyboard and mouse over Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. So you can do it both ways as well. You can use it as an extension to your PC or you can use it as its own PC or you can use it as a standalone thing. Um, uh-huh. I've actually got it set up in my shed so that I take my phone down there and I, I've got a OTG uh, hub that I plug in yep. and it's got a keyboard and mouse um, and a really, really crappy old Asus EPC <laughs> from back in the day, the old Atom 1.2 meg, 2, 1.2 gig profile, like 1.2 meg, 1.2 gig <laughs> processor and, and I run the Wi-Fi app on on my phone and I basically it literally just becomes the screen and I use my phone as the power as the workstation yep. so all the powering processing has been done by my phone and literally the EPC is just running the program and displaying whatever's on my phone so you just need one of those things that uses a laser to project the keyboard onto your desk and then you can you seen those ones the, yeah the infra, that, that's actually yeah. I, I haven't used one but a mate of mine is a writer and he always carries one around in his pocket so that when he's at Subway or whatever having lunch and something comes to him, he literally just takes his phone out. He's got a little kickstand on the back of his phone. So it yeah. pops out and sits on the desk like that. And then he gets that little Bluetooth keyboard thing and sits it behind his phone and it projects it onto the bench at Subway. And he sits he there and twice <laughs> away on the bench. And you're just like... People and, walking past him go, what the hell But it's actually doing? really bright, like... You, I'm sorry. I used to be a drummer, and I got kicked <laughs> out of the band. And this is all I can do these you days. You know, you're sitting there at Subway. It's pretty bright. Like they're, they're not dull lights, and you can no, still no. see how bright. And I said, "What? How? How is it done?" He goes, "Well, the earlier ones." And I had one back in '99, 2000, 2001. But back then, they were done. They still had a cable connecting them to a PC, um, and you could type but it was done with basically led projections so it was really really dull and hard to see and you could block like if you typed across yourself it would block the keys and it wouldn't know what it's doing and but the one he's got he said he can type every bit as fast on that as he could type with a regular keyboard yeah and has absolutely no problems with it at all oh wow you know so they're actually not bad if you do a lot of work they're they're perfectly perfectly fine especially if you've got it set up so that if you've got a, pro, like I was saying, the program I can run on my computer here, I can take my phone to work, bring up my desktop from home and access yep. it as if I'm using the PC through my phone. Oh, so if I've got a keyboard and mouse set up, I can literally use my home computer from somewhere else in the world via my phone. Yeah. So your it can be... It's got such a high resolution. You remember back in the old <laughs> days when you did remote and the, the screen you got was like 640 by 480 on the screen you're looking at. You have to scroll, drag it down <laughs> here. Okay, I can see that quarter. But then it'll be drag fast it over enough. Over here, click on Start Programs. Oh, it's gone across there. Drag across here. To be to be fast enough, you had to set it to black and white, sixteen colors. Yeah, <laughs> tons of compression, and then the mouse was still jerking across the screen. Yeah, like you'd that. be trying to catch it because it'd be lag so bad. <laughs> you're trying to figure out. You're trying to preemptively figure out where it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, no, the Sam, apparently the Samsung S7 doesn't support DeX. It's a bit too old. Maybe the S8 does. You don't need necessarily don't need it. DeX. You can do it with apps. DeX is an all-in-one solution that will do a plug-in solution, but there are there's plenty of apps that will enable uh, older phones to work to do exactly the same thing. Just you go about it in a slightly different slightly different way. But yeah. DeX is just the built-in <laughs> Samsung one. That yeah, DeX is the the plug-and-play all-in-one solution, and I believe some of the smart TVs work with that too. Um, nice. From what I was reading the other day, it said one of the smart TVs, like a hundred inch Samsung TV, I think it said supported Dex. You imagine <laughs> plugging your phone in. I mean, okay, your phone's got good resolution on a screen this size, but you plug it into a hundred inch, it ain't going to be that great. <laughs> You're going to be typing like this. It was a dark and stormy night with five foot letters. Yeah, good for watching. You know, well, that's the thing. Like. I- <laughs> Um, I was going to say YouTube. I don't want to know what you want. Yes, yes. Well, no, I was going to say YouTube because YouTube only supports like 1080 as its highest resolution. But I'm like, oh, we've got a 60-inch TV and I'm, most of the stuff I watch is only at 720 anyway and it's perfectly fine. I mean, at what point does the resolution become a bit of a gimmick more so than practical? Yeah. You know, most TVs, 720 is still perfectly fine and you're hard-pressed to notice any difference. In absolute perfect quality you may get a little bit of an increase into into 1080p but you're not yep. going to notice you know 4k and uh, you just you're not you're when, eyes I, when I get movies off the internet obviously um, purchased from a google movie store or the app um i only get 720 it doesn't take up that much hard drive space from your server and stuff yeah and i mean most a lot of the movies are only released in 720 and they're just upscaled to Upscaling. anyway, and that just kills the quality anyway. So what's the point? Yeah, <coughs> the seven twenty is good enough for everybody. Bill Gates, two thousand. No one needs more than seven twenty. <laughs> the the irony oh, that is that the old the old days all the videos off VHS. If you've ever copied a VHS to computer, the quality is crap. But if you had a proper studio grade. VHS machine and copied the data off VHS because it's actually stored as digital data and not analog data uh, even though it is restricted to f- for frame rate and resolution but the the DPI the, the the quality of that resolution is very very high so yeah. even though it might only be 360 by was it 512 by 360 or whatever a TV was um, 540 by 360 but yeah it's a very, very high DPI resolution. If you can get an original, uh, a high-quality machine that reads the digital output and you actually encode the digital output rather than the analog output, the quality is every bit as good as, as 720, if not better. Yeah, that's why the studios can get all the old movies from 20, 50, 40 years ago yeah. and here's your 1080p, here's your 4K version. Yep, a little bit of a retouch here and there on some stuff. Yep. Unless you do it to the Beatles' White Album and then all the fans disown you for the rest of your life. <laughs> or if you're George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, is that. So. Over to you, Mr. T. Um, okay, so Twitter. Now, we've heard about deep fakes. Um, basically, it's the thing where... That's my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> basically, deep fake is... is uh, uh, generally real-time, not always, sometimes it's pre-recorded, but usually it's a real-time manipulation of the video stream coming in. So, so It's actually take... in, a, in a fictional 
book that I read by Daniel Suarez. They thought they were talking, there was these army guys and they thought they were talking to their sergeant who's ordering them to do something. And it turned out to be a deep fake video with Vocaloid doing his voice. Okay. Well, yeah, in um, a couple of the um, Neil Stevenson's books, they have what is effectively deep fake as well or something yeah. similar. Um, but yeah, so basically what they they do is they usually do it real time and they take say a speech by a president and then they'll manipulate the face and the words and then they'll restream that back out and you can, you're really hard pressed to tell the difference unless you know what you're looking for because it's such a um, it's such a it's very high quality, quality pro- and realistic. You know, yeah, it's very hard to tell. They only need something like three seconds of speech of the original person to be able to emulate it or something. And even a photo. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can you vi- they can animate a photo to make it look real. Obviously, porn is one of the biggest things. That's how all the celebrities get all these videos released and whatever. But um, Twitter, in their infinite wisdom, has decided that they'll kill deep fakes no more not allowed to have them if they discover they're a deep fake they'll get rid of them unless they don't cause any problems and then they won't worry about it yep <laughs> you know if it's mass violence or widespread civil unrest or something like that they'll get rid of it if it's just somebody completely scamming somebody else and pretending to be somebody else and you know committing treason that's that's fine that, that's okay it, it doesn't really Facebook's going to ban them too yeah and, but only if they're harmful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I don't uh, basically they're, they're calling it manipulated media so it's yeah. not just deep fake stuff it's um, the way they call it is in ways that aren't apparent to the average person and would likely mislead someone into thinking the subject of video say words they didn't actually say the problem I have with that is that's almost every media clip ever released. Yeah. The three seconds I take from this end of the clip and the three seconds I take from this end of the clip and they put them together... <laughs> or just take com- everything out of context. Completely and... change what the original clip was actually saying. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Remind uh, you of like when uh, Homer Simpson went on TV and then they filmed all the stuff clock. afterwards and <laughs> cut it in. He's like, no, back Mr. Simpson. No, don't attack me. <laughs> ah! Yeah, the the funniest thing about that was the clock in the in the background. Yeah. If you watch it. Yeah, it's so switching back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> but, that was when, when he got the um, Venus de Milo gummy bear. Mm, gummy. Of the babysitter's dress. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons did it first. They did everything first. <laughs> um, but the... the oh, I'm trying to think. Um, Avi, uh, um, I got a complete blank. There's a guy on... Uh, he does a lot of, a lot of uh, exposés and stuff, but he took a hidden camera into an interview uh, that was being done by the media. Yep. And he recorded the whole thing from end to end, and they played their thing on the news like they normally do, and manipulated it and cut it and edited it and everything like that. Even though the contract he signed stated they wouldn't do it, so he had a written yep. contract from the studio saying they wouldn't do it. But they still did it, and then he released the um... Jim Jeffries. No, no. Jim Jeffries, the comedian, interviewed. Oh, a guy he, he did and it. He That's put... right. He did it as he... well. 
he put his the guy who was being interviewed put his phone over the side there and recorded what was happening and then jim jeffrey's like this is what this guy thinks and played everything out of context and then he said yeah would you like to know what i really thought here's the actual video from my phone that's not cut or edited yeah that's right he did it, was, it wasn't one i was thinking of but you're right he did i remember that interview and yeah and he's like yeah this is what actually and then he gets in trouble because he released unedited footage <laughs> of me- himself the media yeah it. the media outlets basically shut his accounts social media accounts down because he had the hide to release unedited footage. So this whole thing about Twitter and Facebook shutting down deep fakes yeah. and it's like, but they'll shut down legitimate stuff. They have no problem doing that. What about the rest? <laughs> but the fake stuff, they're quite happy to leave there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. But anyway, but yeah, that's that's something to be aware of. So if you see um, videos on Twitter and facebook chances are they're fakes but at least they're not harmful yeah that's all right (laughs) that's what i take away from that anyway Uh, you might like this one though general motors is resurrecting the hummer yes you ever wanted to get a hummer i need an electric one I did the best, right? <laughs> Be known as gas guzzling, guzzling military style SUV as an all electric super truck with massive horsepower, acceleration, and torque. Detroit automaker confirmed the plans and released three online teaser videos for the GMC Hummer EV pickup. The Hummer EV pickup, according to GM, will feature 1,000 horsepowers, not to 60 miles per hour accelerations of three seconds and 11,500 pound feet of torque. It didn't announce a price. The Hummer EV pickup is expected to go into production in the fall of 2021 at a plant in Detroit, followed by sales starting towards the end of the year. The teaser videos detail the specifications and preview the front of the pickup, which features a new iteration of Hummer's well-known slotted grille with Hummer backlit across the front of the truck. The GM Hummer EV is expected to be part of a new lineup of all-electric pickups and SUVs for GM that will extend across brands and price ranges. GM President Mark Roos on Monday broadly detailed those plans when he announced the plans to invest $3 billion for the production of such vehicles. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it wasn't... And they said that EVs could hardly move very fast or couldn't pull an ant in a trolley. Yeah, that's because they have no idea what they're doing, not because that's an EV statement. That's just a And then you see them get a Tesla and pull a Boeing 787 or something. I still love the Cybertruck. I just love the... It's the most hideous thing known to man. And I absolutely love it. You know, if I had a... It's, spare, got the, it's got the design only a mother could love. Well, have you seen the memes going now? They're, they're turning them into Back to the Future Cybertruck. Right. Because they they look like the... Uh, you know, obviously, they look, kind of look like the DeLorean. So, they've, yeah. they've actually... They've done, like, a lot of editing and stuff now. And they're actually using the Cybertruck. It's a deep fake. <laughs> No, no, it's real. It took a lot of effort for him to do it too. So I think it's actually great that they... <laughs> if, if, Back, if Back to the Future was shot today, that's actually yeah. probably what they'd use, <laughs> I reckon. It certainly suits the part. <laughs> well, wow, uh, that's mad video. It's pretty cool. You guys it? watch it on the YouTubes <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio, even if you just watch this part. Yeah, it's... um, it's, it's Oh, guess. <laughs> I have seen photos of some guys 
uh, electric vehicle and he's got a low guess on the number plate. Yeah. <laughs> 88 miles per hour. Uh, Great Scott. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, they need to do a remake now. Just do that. Just change it all out. <laughs> but um, do some I, I don't know. Look, there, there are a lot coming out. There's the Tesla one. There's a Hyundai one. There's the um, the one I've got a complete blank of. But there's a Chinese one that's that's pretty top notch. Nissan coming out. had the Leaf, so they're going to do some more. Um, well, look, the, the whole point that Nissan, who knows what they're doing, Toyota, the whole point they had with the hybrid when they started the prius and then later on the camry now they're doing the corolla and a couple others it was originally designed to be a multi-platform so they could literally take the body off like their driveline was independent regardless of what they put it on so theoretically that that could be put into any vehicle right the problem is they were a little bit late because they only developed it as far as the hybrid technology and hybrids don't get the love that they deserve and honestly hybrids are a pretty good compromise yeah. One, if you can't afford an EV, or if if you're in you're, the middle too of far away. little sticks and you can't yeah. get it plugged in. Um, so look, they still definitely have their place. The problem is with EV becoming as popular as it is, um, the hybrid technology has sort of been left to lapse a little bit. Um, so, But they've still got the platform they can do that with. Whereas Tesla obviously was built from the ground up to be an EV, most other manufacturers ha- have put EVs into things, but yep. they've never been things designed for EVs. So therefore, they've never been fast, or they've never been powerful, or they've never had good range because they haven't been designed to do that. And it's only really been the last couple of years you've got the Ionic, and you've got the Myev, and you've got the Leaf, and you've got a handful of these actually specifically built EVs that are becoming useful enough that they can be a daily driver. They can do everything you would expect out of a petrol um, a petrol engine. And, and in a lot of respects, they can do more now, especially like the Tesla has the biohazard filters and everything in it so that it can actually filter out. There was a story getting around about um, a family had the Tesla stuck in the fires and whatever, and because of the biohazard filters, they could sit in the car perfectly happily and sit in the air con and they, they had no issues no breathing issues or anything because it was all kept out so <clears throat> you know uk is looking at banning uh, petrol vehicles by 2022 i think or 2028 something like said, that yeah um yeah 20, 20, 20, 2028 i think it is they're looking at banning petrol vehicles completely from city suburb and then by 2032 i think they're looking at banning the sale of petrol vehicles altogether yeah. um and everyone in China is just buying them up. Oh, the look, because well, they, they don't them. have much of a commute. It's all fairly short-distance stuff that they do. And you look yeah. at the sales in a lot of places like um, Finland and Norway and places like Not that. Not Australia. No. We don't want that kind of stuff over well, here. Well, I mean, they're doing pretty good, but the biggest issue is their infrastructure is not set up here yet. But you look at places like Finland and Norway and places like that, and their EVs are actually outselling internal combustion engine vehicles. Um, no more ice ice kills families <laughs> so it's getting to that point the prices are coming down to where the decision between a, a normal car or an electric car is not that great now there's not that much of a difference for a, a lower end ev for the higher end stuff obviously still a big gap but 
you know, you, you work on your use case. If you spend 90% of your time driving to work and home, an EV is probably fine. And most yeah. people have two cars anyway, so realistically they'd probably have an EV for running around Then they'd have their car if they want to go touring or go for a long drive or, you yeah. know. But having said that, you get 600 and, well, what, 600 nearly a thousand k's out of the new tesla in one charge you're not going to be driving straight anyway you can't drive for 10 hours straight or 12 hours or 14 hours straight you're going to have to stop anyway so lunch have a pit stop plug your car in recharge it for another hour and a quick charge and if you leave home at 100 percent charge you drive for three hours you pull over you go as soon as you pull over you plug it in on the fast charge station you go to the toilet you grab a drink you come back you've probably put you know, let's say you've used thirty percent, you probably put ten percent of that back in, so you're still at say, you know, eighty to eighty five percent, where the battery pack slows down the charge anyway, because it only fast charges from about thirty percent to about eighty percent and then above and below that the charge rate slows down. So then every three hours you're gonna stop for same thing, go to the toilet, get a drink, stretch your legs. Same so day, you're gonna yeah. stop for fifteen, twenty minutes. And yeah. in that for twenty minutes you've put that thirty percent back in that you've taken out. So realistically it's no, and it's cost you like a dollar instead of like eighty. What are the fast food places are going to have to give up a couple of um, parking spots just for charging, and they're just going to clean up? They do, especially in the states. They actually yeah. have, um, say, they might shopping be, centers do. Yeah, shopping centers. They'll have an entire row or service stations out the back, or even a lot of the takeaways have, you know, two dedicated car parks and stuff like that. And there's so many charge share apps and the tesla's got a built-in one plus there's all the other charge share charge apps share apps that tell you which ones are available and which ones are taken and what speed they're doing and when they're busy when you get 100 percent, it'll send you a notification say please move your car out so somebody else can fill up exactly you want to leave your car, drive in there at like eight in the morning and then spend your whole day there go to the movies and stuff and come out yeah. at eight five o'clock at night and I mean, it, it depends on how busy the, the charging station is. If it's a really big station, they really prefer you to move the vehicle within an hour or so of it being charged. Yeah. Technically, you don't have to. Uh, and to get around this, Tesla actually charges you a waiting fee. So you yeah. get charged. So even with the Teslas that are sold with free charging, because uh, a lot of them are, you can fast charge for free. Um, or you can charge for a lot of places for free. You pay for it when you charge from home. But... Um, yeah when you are parked up and the vehicle's then charged, if you stay connected, I think it's more than half an hour after it's fully charged, it will actually charge you a fee. It's basically an incentive to move your car. I saw somebody had tweeted that to Elon a few years ago and he said, that's actually a brilliant idea. We're going to add that into our systems and Mm. then within like a week or something, all the charging stations had that feature that if you stay too long, they're going to start charging you so you need to move. Yeah. The biggest problem at the moment in terms of the charging side is there is about four or five common uh, chargers in terms of the actual plugs. Now, there's adapters to plug one charger into a different vehicle with adapters, but that messes up charge rates and can kill efficiencies and can play with different things. They really need to settle on one particular type of plug or maybe, say, have two different plugs on the car, have the car's proprietary one, where it charges the best, talks to the charger, does everything it's supposed to do. That's the ideal solution. But then have an industry standard generic adapter that you can go to any other station and plug in. Um, 
And in terms of, you know, it doesn't generally cost a lot. Like Even if you're paying full, say you're plugging in from your house, which is about the most expensive power um, that you can generally buy, it to, I think to fill a Tesla from empty to full um, on an average house socket, which takes like two days, mind you, but um, I think it costs like, four dollars or something 450 something like that i think a full fast charge from memory i don't know about in australia i know the fast charges in the states once you're off the plan it costs like a dollar 50 or something to charge from empty to full yeah so they're pretty cheap australia's probably more because our power is a bit more but uh you know in general it's it's not gonna it's still gonna be cheaper than You know. <laughs> the one thing that does bug me though, people with EVs, oh, I never need to get my car service. That's a load of crap. An EV <laughs> needs to be serviced every 10,000 Ks, the same as a normal car. You have cabin filters, you need brakes that do need to be looked at, make sure there's not rocks and stuff checked in them. You need your tires. Check they the still tires. need wheel alignments. They still need to have the washer fluid topped up. They still need to have the coolant levels for the battery packs. And the blinker checked. fluid. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have any blinker fluid. Um, you know, they still have this stuff that needs to be done, particularly in the cases of the Tesla, the Model 2s and 3s, the, or 3s and Xs, I guess, the um, underbody trays fill up with garbage. You need to take the trays off and clean the stuff out of them so it doesn't interfere with the CV boots and deteriorate the CV boots. So you still need to service an EV. It's not, it doesn't cost as much, it doesn't take as long, and the wear and tear in parts are generally a lot less, but you still need to service them. They're still a vehicle, they're still are on the road and are susceptible it's to getting damage, you know. Like, I've got the Camry Hybrid. It doesn't need servicing much. It just needs an oil change. It's like $80 to do a service on it. But it still needs a service, and it still wears other components on the vehicle that aren't related to the driveline, you know. so uh, And the um, Tesla Powerwall Osmo is really good. When I was getting my uh, solar battery installed, however, Australia had sold out of them all. And weren't getting any for at least a year because they were so That's few the and far one between. Was coming so out. I got the, I got the LG Chem, which is fine. Yeah, but when you you picked bad timing because just as you started to get yours done, Telstra had announced their version two, so they weren't manufacturing any more ones, and they hadn't started manufacturing the twos. Yeah. So yeah, but <laughs> they're good. The twos are even better, and the new gen they're releasing is better again. Um, but they can do everything from just act as a buffer. They can, if you've got a Tesla, they'll prioritize charge from those into the Tesla. Um, you can even do them as standalone systems. So if you do lose power, they'll actually power your house until the batteries go flat. So um, there are others of like the LG Cam, and there are a few other things that do it for my money. They are a little bit dearer. Mm, the only thing, the only advantage they definitely have. Tesla no battery technology because they've had so many years and so many hundreds of thousands of miles between their fleet of cars to figure the batteries out. So the chances are you're going to get a better battery life out of them than a, out of most other ones. Um, and as I said, if you are planning on buying an EV or a Tesla item down the track, they're much more compatible and much happier to feed that. So um, if you can afford one, definitely go for it. You know, if not, there are cheaper options like the LG Cam, although it wasn't that much cheaper. It was only a couple of thousand dollars cheaper, I think. Yeah. So. It but was just yeah. that I could get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Maybe it's your next story, sir. Um. So. <laughs> How much is a Tesla Powerwall? He wants to know. Uh, I can't remember. It was. 
reckon what it was. Wasn't it? It was like five grand. That was the first one though. I'm not sure what the price on the second one is. I think originally the first one was like five thousand bucks and the LG Chem was three grand or something. Yep. Um so it was a little bit dearer. The second one is a little bit dearer, but it's also a higher capacity, so it sort of balances out. Um so Chrome. Now Chrome's had this thing where Adblock is becoming very flaky on it because they're trying their best to break Adblock for especially their own sites like um, like YouTube and, and stuff like that. Um, so Adblock's becoming so-so. But now the irony is, starting August for apparent some bizarre reason, they're going to be blocking intrusive video ads. Nice. Last I checked, they were the cause of most of the intrusive <laughs> video ads. Isn't it ironic because that you think if you a read too this, ironic? If you go to a... And of course, I picked two stories that don't have one. But if you go to an ad, that, that especially an autoplay ad, and click on it, and you follow the source, chances are it's hosted on YouTube. Yeah. So they don't let you they don't want you to run ad block on YouTube videos and they're actually making it harder and harder for the ad block companies to make that function work in Chrome and in Canary even more so the 64 bit one the the ad blocks are really broken in that yet they want to initiate an ad block for video ads that they've hosted on their own site that they don't want you to run an ad block for <laughs> that sound a bit right <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're saying that the basically <laughs> there's a coalition for better ads known as the CBA or Commonwealth Bank of Australia if you're in Australia. <laughs> the industry group dedicated to improving the state of online ads announced today new rules for displayed with short-term videos under eight minutes. Google, one of the CBA's founding members, has announced plans to implement the upcoming rules uh, inside its products such as the Chrome Web Browser advertising platform and YouTube. Starting on August 5th, 2020, Google uh, Chrome will use its internal ad blocker capabilities to block all video ads that don't adhere to these new rules. Video ads running through Google ad platform and those on YouTube will also be made compliant in the upcoming month. Months. Um, Google will scan websites and if those websites are associated with a Google search console account, it will notify webmasters if their videos break the new rules. So, three new undesirable ad formats as described by the coalition. Long pre-roll ads that can't be skipped. So, YouTube. <laughs> uh, Mid-roll ads uh, is a video experience um, plays in the middle of a video interrupting the content. Mid-roll ads come in many varieties and durations but all were deemed extremely annoying and interruptive by consumers. YouTube. And large display ads that block the video player. This refers to an image or text that appears on top of a video and are in the middle third or center of the video player window and cover more than 20% of the video content. Okay, not YouTube, but, you know, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> That's what they say. The CBA said it reached a conclusion these three video ad formats are intrusive. So nothing said about autoplay ads, I noticed. Or mm. autoplay videos on websites. How about that? <laughs> um... The, but here's the kicker. The rules don't apply to videos longer than eight minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> effectively, unless you've got like a five-minute video that autoplays on a website about something that you can't put an ad on, 
every other video is going to have these things anyway. Uh-huh. Like, you look at the length of videos on YouTube and I know why they've chosen eight minutes because, like, something like 90% of videos on YouTube are 10 minutes or longer. Yeah. So that's why they've chosen the eight minutes because it's not going to affect many of their, you know. So, uh, who knows what they're doing. But, yeah, so basically <laughs> Chrome's got an in, uh, integrated... It actually currently has it. It's useless, but it has an integrated ad blocker that doesn't do anything except pop up occasionally and go, hey, there's an ad. We're going to play it, <laughs> but we just thought we'd let you know there's an ad. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for that. So, if you want integrated... Like, there are... I use... um, What do I use? I use Adblock, A-D-B-L-O-C-K. There is a couple that look very similar and they have very similar icons. Adblock... With the actually, red hand. Yeah. Adblock That's actually works... There's one called, I think, Ad Blocker, and it's like almost exactly the same icon, but it's like a square instead of a stop sign. I think um, it doesn't work. Um, no. But Ad Block, yeah, that one. It's called Ad Block, the best Ad Blocker. Um, that this one actually works pretty well, and I've found it to work in most situations. <clears throat> it actually works out well, and I've even chucked in a few bucks. <laughs> when you install it, they ask, hey, can you check a couple of bucks? Oh, I actually have. Why not? Um, but see, it's the list of stuff it's not seeing is slowly getting longer, like unobtrusive ads aren't being blocked anymore. Um, you know, stuff like that. So even it's starting to have to fall into line somewhat. Yeah. So, but, you know. Good software. Highly recommended. There's, is it I also have Privacy Benjer. Is it Firefox or Opera that has a built-in... I think it's Firefox, isn't it? has a built-in... Uh, yeah, it is. Firefox has a built-in ad block as well. Um, and Opera has a built-in VPN. So they've all got some benefits going for them, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> this is my last one. A German artist illustrated how it's possible to create a virtual traffic jam in Google Maps. <laughs> oh, yeah by walking around the streets of Berlin with 99 cell phones. Google Maps utilizes GPS and location data from mobile devices to determine if there's traffic congestions on a particular street. The app will then redirect users to less traffic streets to avoid traffic. Using a handcart filled with 99 active cell phones connected to Google Maps, artist Simon Weckert showed how he could create fake, fake traffic jams in Google Maps simply by walking around the streets of Berlin. As he would be walking rather than driving, Google Maps would perceive it to be a traffic jam due to a large number of devices reporting the same slow speed. With so many users relying on Waze and Google Maps for driving directions, this hack illustrates how data being fed into mapping programs can be manipulated to force apps to recommend different driving routes. So if you've got, a, you've got your street and too many hoons <clears> and people go down there, just get 99 phones and stick them in a the mailbox and <laughs> yeah, no, people not, will not, reroute people around it. See, here's the issue with this. It doesn't really work. Um, and I'll explain why. Because of the way Google Maps works, it takes the aggregate data of all the phones that are traveling down that stretch of road. So you might have 100 phones that are saying that there's a, a traffic jam there. The problem is that that doesn't, doesn't mesh with their... They're, like so they look at the history of the area 
They look at the projected data. They look at current data. They look at um, history of the accounts on these accounts phones. on the phones as well. And so, if they suddenly see a hundred phones on a street, and that's the only place they've been, they disregard yep. that data. So, whilst <laughs> it might work for an hour, to you know, it will it will work for a little bit, but then the It'll system will figure out that there's something wrong there, um, <laughs> and it's. <clears throat> the only thing that actually the, the irony to that statement what it actually does is it actually helps them the only thing he's really helped them do is actually map the because of all the GPS data available they could specifically make sure that the road is actually 100% mapped correctly yep <laughs> um, so th- as they say like there's there's actually a few clarifications that, that Google has actually come out with about that um, and there's even things anyway. like He's even yeah. He's even saying things like, um, "You're not only going to have 99 phones; you're going to have to have 99 SIM cards to go on those 99 phones, because they all require SIM data. Because that's not going to fly if you're using local Wi-Fi. It's yep. going to see it all coming from the same point. So you have to have separate, and then you're going to have to have you're going to have to have them." Um, provisioned over an extended period of time over like 12 months so that you don't see all these phones being provisioned at the same time you know there's so many reasons why that just doesn't work um it it, ways before google maps was actually useful ways was quite popular and they figured out they could do the same thing with that and a lot of um uh, there was actually a traffic company i believe it was in like Sydney or Melbourne but anyway there's a traffic control company and they figured out that they could mount um, they could mount a whole heap of uh, they weren't using phones though they were using uh, they're called mushroom routers they're basically routers that have a heap of um, a heap of SIM cards in them and whatever but they were using those and tethered or however they work but they were doing the same thing. They were mounting them and they were putting them on their rollers and their excavators and all their slow-moving vehicles. And yep. they're having them just working on the construction site. So if they're working on a stretch of highway, for example, ways would show that the highway is congested and the traffic's not moving because they've got them on all the earth equipment that's really slow-moving. So they moving. go around. <laughs> yeah. So, but they eventually figured that out and they, they worked out that was the thing that they were doing and they, they got over that as well. But Sounds like a good use case though. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, make make the traffic slow down or be prepared to slow down, you know. Um, <laughs> actually, apparently Waze has that feature. I don't know if Google Maps does and it may be something they might want to look at, but apparently in Waze you can actually, um, you can actually send a request to say on this date we're doing roadworks between here and here and on Waze it will actually show up as proposed roadworks. Oh, before right. it actually happens um, so that's pretty cool I don't know why they don't just put it all into the one thing now because Google owned Waze years ago I know, I never understood that they're basically the same company but they have two entirely separate departments but how do they have different data because when I, when I was on holidays at Christmas time I was staying at a motel in Goulburn and I used Waze and I type in the address and it's like well I'll take you Somewhere along that street where the motel is, good luck. And so I got to the street and I had to stop the car 
and switch over to Google Maps and put in the exact same address. And it's like, oh, you passed it back there two kilometers, turn around and go back to the motel. But Waze did not know that, even though it should be the same data from the same company. It's... Well, I think it goes back to the way they were founded. Originally, Waze was purely community sourced. So if somebody, street maps. you know, if somebody says, right, so they put in a, and I, I've noticed, especially on bigger places, like you go to a, um, say Bunnings, for example, and yep. you say Bunnings, West Ipswich, and Waze puts the entrance where the entrance actually is, which is off a side street and around the corner. That's actually how you get in. But yep. when you use Google Maps, it puts the entrance to the front of the store, which is what the address of the store is, but that's not the entrance of the building. <laughs> so I think it comes back to how it's mapped. Like a Waze started off as community mapping. And so yep. when people were saying this is this is Bunnings, that's how you would have got into Bunnings. So this is our saying the entrance to Bunnings, even though technically it's not actually the entrance. It's just the yep. back of the driveway that gets you in there. So I think that's where the discrepancies come about. For places like restaurants and pubs where the the front is here, you're traveling this way on the opposite side of the road and the maps say, okay, turn here, go up there, now turn left, go up there, turn left, okay, you do like go around the whole block so that you can be out the front of the shop. You're like, I could have parked across the road if I hadn't known that the shop was going to be there. Yeah. You just took me around the block for an extra kilometer of driving for no reason. I'll show you if I can get Google Maps to load up. Um, street view. I'll show you one that catches a lot of people out. Now, there's um, where are we? So, this is obviously Google Maps. This is the center of Ipswich. Now, there's a McDonald's. You can just see the sign. Uh, where is it? Oops, you can sort of see the sign up there yeah. and over there. So, this is the Ipswich basically has two streets, one heading east-west, or one heading west and one heading east. So this is heading um, east back in towards Ipswich, towards Brisbane. If you kept going that way, you'd end up in Brisbane. But McDonald's is over there, which is on the outgoing road, which goes up the hill. But unless you're a local, you would not know (laughs) that there's a back entry entry. to McDonald's there. (laughs) Now, Waze picks that up. Right. It tells you to basically, so as you're coming down the street here, it basically tells you at the end of this car yard, turn right at the end of the car yard. Yep. Now, you can't see the sign from here. No. You know, you oh, can't, it's that blue car parked in front of it. Man. You can't see the sign. No, well, no, this sign's behind the fence line. You can't yep. see this sign until you, you're here. And, but Google Maps, the only way you can get in is, the is to go all the way around the block, which is way down here, go back way up here and come back around the block again. So <laughs> that's the difference. Of Google Maps shows you the address, which is technically correct because that's the address. It's not where you want to go. But that's not where I want to go. I want to go in. And Waze shows <laughs> me how to go in. So I think that, Much you know, better. I think that's a good example of, of the two different technologies. Now, they need that in Google Maps because, as you yeah. say, Half the time, you, you, or even to say, okay, are you going there or are you dropping something off? Because that's two entirely separate places. Yeah. If you want to drop something off, you want to be down here. If you're actually going there, you want to be over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. can, as you can see, there can be a huge difference as where those two places are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially delivering batteries and doing stuff like that. Um, car parks is another one. You'll go to a secure car park. 
a secure car park, especially at like the Mater Hospital, there's actually three streets and each street actually progresses up the hill. So you can be on level, you can be on grand level, you can be on level two or level four, depending on what street you come in from. Yeah. And, but Google Maps only gives you this main entrance because that's the technical address of the car park. Yep. 95, in fact, I don't think I've ever actually had a cause to go into that entrance. I think every single time I've been there, I've actually had to go into a different entrance. <laughs> you know, it's just... I'll have to test that with our shopping centers here where there are multiple ways of coming in and see which ways in Google Maps oh. is where you should go. The worst part is once you get into the shopping center, they don't work because it's undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Although even the tunnels they build here, Yep. They have, as you're coming into the tunnel, the GPS says, you know, in 2Ks or whatever, turn left. Once you get into the tunnel, the GPS doesn't know how far 2Ks is, so it freaks out and turns off. And then the left turn you actually don't want because that goes somewhere completely different. And then it turns out the next one, the actual whole tunnel actually turns left and you wanted to stay left, but you actually want to turn right because that's where you wanted to be, but you don't know this because your GPS doesn't work underground and the signs are about this big that you're going past. And it's, it's like I've only seen one. It might have been the Garmin Nuvi that I had. I can't remember now. Only one dedicated GPS device. As soon as it detected it lost the signal because you're in a tunnel, which it knew, it switched to turns mode and showed you in 100 metres, do this turn, then do that turn, then do that turn. So you could see a list of what you would have to do if it couldn't track you through there. Could see on the list. Well, okay, 100 meters from where it lost the signal, I need to go into this lane, and then I need to turn up there, and then turn right, and then come out here, and then I get the signal again. Okay, All the it. other ones just go. Well, I don't know what the hell's going on. There's yeah. no signal here, so good luck, I guess. That's actually a really good idea. More of them need to do that, and you can actually do that with. Well, you can't now because you can't touch your phone in the car, <laughs> but you can actually do that on Google Maps. You can switch it over to to turn by turn. Um, but yeah, that makes sense, and it estimates the distance that you've got left to travel. But if you're not traveling exactly the speed, it it's not going to be right. Get a bit of a traffic jam in your screen, son. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, any more from you? I think we're about done. Um, yeah, I got a few more, but that's that's pretty much it. Basically, there's an article here saying that people are finally starting to abandon Windows Seven, and by abandon, we mean like it's it. In the last quarter, it dropped from four point six percent to four point four percent. You know, they're they're clearly <laughs> abandoning it in droves. Everybody gone now. Everybody. <laughs> uh, they still say that um, between seventy five and seventy nine percent of PCs are still running Windows Seven. Wow. So. <laughs> so yeah. How many are running XP? Come on. Doesn't say in this article, but it's surprising a lot. I remember <laughs> I looked it up a few months ago, and it was actually a, there's still systems running like Windows like, ATMs, like Windows 95. Well, Windows PE, which is a copy of yeah X, of XP, so XP all the embedded. all the embedded stuff is all all XP. So yeah. most of those, um, well, either that or Linux. A lot of the, not that you see too many internet kiosks anymore, but a lot of those are all embedded stuff. Uh, they are actually of. There's only one still around that I know of. I saw a payphone the other day. With Superman <laughs> in it? It's like I felt like stopping out and taking a photo of it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. All the ones all the ones I see around, they've been turned into Wi-Fi hotspots. Yeah, well, 
that there's one that um, where my sister lives out west of um, Gympie, and yep. it's a payphone and a Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, it's satellite connection because it's in the middle of oh. nowhere. So it's solar powered. It's a solar powered satellite driven Wi-Fi telephone. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got it all going on. <laughs> all the things. That's it from you. That'll do. All right, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Heads show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, twitter.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Email us Glenn, Will, and Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com, 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows are added each Friday. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. You will. See ya. Bye. Bye. Yeah.